0: A very warm welcome to Momentum Meets, a podcast hosted by myself, Alistair Boddy, Business Development Director here at Momentum Broker Solutions. Today, I'm joined by Andy Reddy of Reddy Coaching and Training. A very well, welcome to you, Andy. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, everybody. So tell us, Andy, tell us a little bit about what you do and, and how you support your clients.
1: I run a coaching and training business Um, so I'm specifically um, a psychological coach and I um, have a specialism in neurodiversity and what I do is that I work with individuals um, and also businesses with supporting um, people using um, basically a bespoke package of step by step to reach an end goal and support individuals so that can be with their well-being um, or if they're stuck with things like procrastination um, and needs of further support in ensuring that they are successful in in their lives and
0: in the working environment so you know people will be familiar with the term procrastination they doubt you deal with things such as imposter syndrome and the likes as well um, what exactly is neurodiversity for those who don't know
1: so neurodiversity is a um, it's an umbrella term um, which basically um, there's quite a few different terminologies so neuro means um, brain diversity means different and underneath that you have um, sort of umbrella of autism, dyslexia, dyspraxia dyscalculia Tourette syndrome um, so I can I specifically have experience of supporting individuals
0: in those areas as well. Mental health is becoming more topical of late. Um, And in particular, I suppose, since the pandemic and COVID, um, you know, the forced isolation has impacted a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And and I think three years on, we're now starting to see some of that impact in regards to the, 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 the issues that the general public and the community has struggled with. How have you seen things change since the pandemic in regards to what you do? I think
1: what um, the pandemic did was that actually it made more made people more aware of themselves um, and their well-being um, because and their rights as individuals um, to how they should work and how they can work and um, how they can be supported or, or and what they need um, so whereas people were, used to sort of going into offices then they work from home but then they had to juggle family life and um, home life so what it did is that it made people very aware of um, themselves but also made them very aware of their working environments. And and I suppose
0: thinking about how things have changed since the pandemic have have you seen a change in the demographics or the type of people that you're now dealing with or you're seeing a different part of the society that are now reaching out for help as opposed to probably not looking for it in the past i think society's changed
1: so um i think traditionally in this is in this country we were sort of very stiff stiff upper lip and you couldn't talk about mental health <laughs> yeah, um, and you couldn't talk about well-being and um there was definitely a movement to discuss that further but especially when sort of things like covid came in there's now um people are now prepared to have these conversations more um, and especially sort of male um, sort of the evidence shows that females will talk about sort of those areas more but especially now sort of in the last sort of 10, 15 years men are now talking more seeking help more and when when I say seeking help that can be if somebody has mental health problems well-being they could go through to, to a therapist. Or they can go start, come and talk to somebody like me who's a coach where actually they, they're not at that point yet, but they need that support to ensure that they don't end
0: up at that point. For those looking to start up their own businesses, I think the number one barrier for most people I speak to is, is, is imposter syndrome. I think we all suffer from an element of imposter syndrome to, to, to a certain degree. Trying to put things into perspective is incredibly difficult at times. You know, what advice would you give to somebody who's in that situation, who's thinking, "I can't do that"? The, the key thing is
1: to look for evidence. So we have these negative thoughts, which are called distortions in our brain. Um, and what our distortions do is that we we distort our thoughts because we, um, what we try and do is safeguard ourselves so of failure. So often we we have this these inbuilt feelings of or oh, we don't want to fail at things. So so my big evident, my big thing would be is that actually look for the evidence. So if you're going if you're being self-employed, actually look at the past of where you've been successful, you know where you've built clients, where you've um, learned those transferable skills that you can then put into your business. Um, if it's very sort of client-facing light, lights of your brokers. Majority of people that you will take on would have already had a big client base, so they know those conversations about actually how they go out and get that business, and then how they deal with with those um, those customers. Um, and, and then what they can offer. So it, it, to me, it's about all evidence basing that actually you look at what you've achieved previously. And often we we don't do that uh, and we, we're not reflective um, and we just assume that actually we're going to go on to the next thing. And, and again, that can impact our own feelings. So it's really important that we st- pause and stop and see what we've achieved um, during during that process of, of change into becoming
0: self-employed. This is probably more targeted at those who are thinking about becoming self-employed. But I think you hit on a very good point there around, you know, reflecting on what you've achieved historically. Because, you know, the the, the mindset sometimes is, you know, I built a very successful book, but have I built that on my own merits, or have I built that on the fact that I work for a big corporate, or I've had a team behind me, or because I work for the corporate that insurers give me preferential terms or or services. The reality is, is with most service industry um, businesses, is it's about people. People are brought by from people. Um, and those the individuals are the ones that have successfully um, won the client or, or, or retained that client. And I think, unfortunately, as you say, Andy, people just forget that really, really important element, which ultimately seems to be down the hierarchy of important things to consider when it comes to whether or not I'm gonna be successfully be able to set up a business on my own. I think also what you got to add to that is that if you're setting up a business on
1: your own, that it's about not being isolated and building those networks, and that's really key because it's very easy to fall into that trap where you, you isolate yourself and that's where then you then you sort of start questioning yourself. Whereas you know, i know with with uh, momentum, you you've got your momentum networks. You've got you can get support from your broker partners, um, and then you've got further further supports from, from from friends and families, and then there's people like me that you that people can access. So building those networks really is 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 important in ensuring that you're successful
0: as a person one of the interesting things one of our partners said to me the other day is is you know they're an avid gym goer you know their their routine was always you know six o'clock in the morning in the gym whereas now they've found actually a, a bunch of very like-minded individuals they go to the gym at 11:30 every morning um they're all self-employed all do things in a slightly different way and actually, that in itself has generated new business opportunities for them because that's the group of people that um, ultimately have very, very similar mindsets and very, very similar types of businesses that they do. So you, you, you may have to rethink how you structure your day. I mean, look, if, you, if 6 a.m. at the gym is your thing, absolutely keep doing it. But you, there is plenty of opportunities out there that, that weren't probably available to you when you did nine to five.
1: But that's the beauty of being self-employed, isn't it? I I think often people go self-employed and they have these great ideas to set up, you know if you wanna get if you wanna get up early and work and then you wanna go to the gym at eleven o'clock, then do it. Um, because I think you've got to work out actually what's what's the patterns, what work for you. You know, some people are better at working at night. So actually you can set up your day so you do all those conversations that you need in the day, but then you work at night um, where maybe you do all your paperwork. Uh, and I think sometimes also we sort of fall in this trap where, where people are self-employed and then they sort of try and work the nine to five because that's what they've always done and they don't actually stop and go, actually, I can do this slightly differently. Um, which would be more beneficial for me and my well-being, and also maybe for my family as well. So we, we almost being self-employed, you can take advantage of, of the, the 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 kid drop-off or all those things, which sometimes could, sometimes if you're um, having to work a nine to five job,
0: cannot often be a problem in a day. I mean, post the pandemic, I, I've spoken to a substantial amount of people who have found the benefits of working at home absolutely what they were looking for, whether it be more time with the family, a healthier balance between work and home and the family. Um, I mean, this was a catalyst ultimately for them when they realized that the office environment was actually making them less productive, less healthier. The commute was non-productive and they found that to be a complete waste of time. I mean, I'm gonna appreciate sure this isn't everybody's views and many people may thrive in that um, office environment but, you know, what's your take and observations on that in regards to just going back to that whole reprioritising of what's important as a result of the pandemic?
1: I think that you, you've you got to be reflective on yourself. Um, so if you're a person who finds the office um, quite distracting, which some people do, um, and you're better off being be working on your own, then you want to try and create that environment for yourself. Um, if you're a person who thrives and working with others and, and you you need um, those other people around you from a, from a pure sort of um, bonding and gaining information then you then you need to put yourself in that area. So I think it's very much about actually being really reflective as what you need as a person to thrive and then ensuring that you embed them into your lifestyle, into your working world so that then you can
0: be successful? The majority of our our partners are sole proprietors, work for themselves, by themselves, but obviously partnering with ourselves. Now, one of the interesting things which I'm seeing more and more come come to my attention is when people do start up that they really, really struggle with trying to organise their days because um, so they come from a pre-programmed nine-to-five mentality. That's what they've been doing for the last 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it may be. So they used to being at their desk for nine o'clock, regardless whether that's at home or whether that's in an office. But there is this sort of mindset that that is what you have to do. Um, so trying to in, in, introduce a, look, you know what, do you prospect nine to five, and nine to 11 in the morning, then do you know what go out for a walk or go out for lunch or do whatever you need to do get that breath of fresh air but there seems to be a real struggle with some people in regards to breaking free from that mentality how how do you do that as such because ultimately it's habit forming isn't it and it's it's breaking that habit it is um
1: because this is um a key topic area that i tend to work with uh when i coach and this is quite a sort of big area where i'll have people come to me where their well-being's impacted or as we said earlier procrastination or 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 those of areas and and the first thing is that you you need to be reflective on yourself and you need to be reflective on if let's say your well-being is impacted because all you're doing is working you need to work out is if i'm doing it this way is it working for me uh, and the evidence to that. So you, it's always evidence forming in, in your psychological thinking. So the evidence is that actually it's not working for you. So how can you change your? That? And that's where then you start looking at actually what you can bring in, and bring in the happy, uh, bringing the the positive habits. So what I would do with, with a, a client is I would normally sort of start at things at simple things like looking at the sleep, looking at their nutrition, looking at their time for themselves and also how they plan their time um so it's amazing when you speak to people often how unplanned a lot of people's times up, time is and then what that creates is this feeling of, of um not being in control which then raises stress levels um so those are the key things that i would help an individual to to, to look
0: at I think the other thing too, I'd probably just add to that is it's just about preparation time. Um, and thinking about my personal experiences, the more time I' prepared on something, the better and more comfortable I feel about doing it. So um, we all have levels of anxiety that raise before a difficult, challenging, meeting or, or meeting somebody who's maybe a bit different and maybe not quite in your wavelength, whatever it might be. But just simple preparation for me is a, is a fantastic part of just getting yourself in that space for whatever's coming next. Um, so what's the old saying? Failure to prepare is preparing to fail, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, they, they're so key notes to... To that information, having that information to support yourself. Is that also that confidence building, um, as well as removing anxiety, you then feel confident and then that will push you on to be successful?
0: Looking at your role as a coach, I mean, there is. There is an element of stigma, isn't there, when you go to a, a coach? Um, whether it's a, a it's a mental health issue, is probably how I suppose. Well, I'm talking from a middle aged male point of view now. you know that that, that typical uh, mindset. You know what? What? What should you be thinking if you were in my position and looking to go to a coach for some support? See, I do you know what. I
1: completely disagree with what you've said there about stigma, because I remember when I first went to a coach. Um, Who's still my coach? So I have a coach as well because I think it's important. Yeah, uh, and I think what what a coach will do is they will basically they will hold up in effect a mirror to you and and then use that for a, and use questioning for you to be reflective on yourself and work out what you need. And then what they'll do is they will have a they if they're a good coach they won't be putting their own inputs and views on it. They will be helping you create that step-by-step process to to achieve whatever you want to do. I I think that in um, 20, 30 years, most people will have a coach um, because it's so reflective. And that's the whole point. It's somewhere safe that you can be really reflective on yourself. And, you know, like my clients vary. So some people I will have regularly, regular, or some people I will literally have one session with them and they'll say, right, that's exactly what I need. I know how to organise myself. I know what I need to do and that will be it. So, um, but it's, I think it's once you've had a coach, you really understand how effective they are.
0: My point was probably made from the point of view of people who haven't had the the experience of doing this before because the stigma is, is if you go to somebody then you're obviously admitting weakness fault whatever it might be Yeah, and, and i'm not agreeing with it i'm just simply thinking about that mentality so um and it's a big step for somebody to reach out and actually say hey look i could do with some help
1: yeah i think that's where also um when people go to a coach, it's private, it's confidential. They the, the coach within their contracting should have written should have that nothing will be shared. So for example, if I had a broker from you come to me, I wouldn't at any point um be sharing that somebody came to me because it's not appropriate for me to do that. Um because the the whole point of the space is that it's a safe space where somebody can really open up. Um, and um, if they can't open up, then the coaching won't be effective for the individual.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, have, having had coaches in the past, um, yeah, I, I fully appreciate the benefits of them. So we talked briefly before about social media and the the, the negativities of social media. Um, but one of the positives, I think, when it comes to social media is, is certainly... Getting that message across, which we see quite often now, it's okay not to be okay. We see a lot more people talking about mental health and and, and, and self-help. Um, what's your sort of take on on the way that social media has actually helped with getting people to talk more about their, their I say issues, their concerns, their, their, what's going through in their head? Well,
1: from that point of view, it's really positive. I think that actually we we talk about things a lot more, I think people are, can see that other people are going through similar things, um, so you don't necessarily sit feel like you're alone and isolated. Um, and also what that can do is help you create networks. So I think there's some real positive in that, um, which is which is fabulous. My only, only concern is what we sort of said earlier about ensuring that you're if you're going to use somebody or go to somebody that actually you're making sure that you look at that individual's
0: credentials and background um which is is really key thank you very much andy for um joining us today um for those who are interested in finding out a little bit more about what andy does and 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 maybe introducing yourself with the view of having a three free 30 minute consultation you can find andy's details like ready coaching r-e-d-d-y coaching or alternatively get in touch with myself and i'm happy to put you in touch with andy so thanks once again andy for joining us today um, i hope you uh, found that useful um and, and an interesting conversation thank you for your time for those listening today there's more episodes available on our website um, ww.momentum solutions.co.uk slash podcast or alternatively subscribe subscribe to Momentum Moments wherever you listen to your podcast.